Please listen carefully. Welcome to Autism in the Wild, the show that talks about what it's really like living with autism. Here are your hosts, Noah and Chris. All right, welcome to another episode of Autism in the Wild. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Noah. Noah, would you like to introduce today's guest? Uh, I think you should in this case. All right. Uh, today we have uh, Rebecca and her son, Jacob. Do you go by Jake or Jacob? Jacob. All right, Jacob. Um, with us today, they, they are a family live in Canada, and I will let them introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Rebecca. And I'm Jacob. And we're coming to you guys from the Okanagan Valley in British Columbia. And uh, actually, my husband and both of my children are all on the autism spectrum. So thank you so much for having us today. Yeah, well, welcome to the uh, podcast. And thanks for reaching out and asking to be on the show. It's been really nice to see people reach out and want to be on the show. And I don't know if you've noticed, like the last few episodes, we've had um, some adults individuals with autism on the show, which has been great to hear directly from people on the spectrum. That's what I like um, the best is to hear their perspective. So I'm glad that you could be here today. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So why don't you give us a little bit of background about your family and, you know, if you want to start about uh, the diagnosis side and then maybe we can work towards some of the stuff about school and other things going on in your life. Yeah, absolutely. We have Jacob and my daughter. My daughter is 14 and Jacob is 18. And uh, actually, my husband and I kind of knew um, in our hearts that they were on the spectrum um, from the time they were infants on. However, our daughter wasn't diagnosed until she was seven years old. And Jacob, more recently, I was 14. 14. Yeah, he was 14 years old um, when he had his diagnosis, official diagnosis. Yeah. Um, my husband, it was more of recent. Okay. <laughs> yes. We had some genetic um, testing done years ago with my uh, daughter and discovered that they share this identical two chromosome inversions. Mm. Um, so from that time on, uh, the physicians, it was pretty much a, a given that he too was on the spectrum, but then it was actually verified through a psychologist assessment. Okay. So his whole life up until recently, he, he didn't know. He didn't have a diagnosis or anything. No, he, he, he didn't know. And in his day, I think he was, um, they used ADD and ADHD basically as the main uh, diagnosis. I think he always questioned it or wondered. Yeah. And um, with the kids having their diagnosis, I, it just all made sense when we found out for him. Um, he was actually you know, uh, relieved in the sense that it made him reflect on his past and a lot of things made sense. Yeah. I, I, um, our guys, our twins, um, were diagnosed just before they turned two, so pretty early. Isaac, Noah's twin brother, was a little bit more severe, and so it was a little bit more noticeable, but we had them both evaluated at the same time. And, you know, I th we, my wife and I knew she was ahead of me in recognizing it. Uh, mm -hmm. But once you um, got that diagnosis, for at least for us, 
it was, we had already kind of accepted the diagnosis before we actually got it. And so it helped us, um, I think helped us move forward a little bit easier and quicker because we were just ready to like move and like, all right, what's the next steps? You know, because as a parent has helped explain a lot of things um, going on and like first time parents, are we doing things right? Or are we just a bunch, we just don't know what we're doing or what's going on here. So, so what was it like after the diagnosis? Did it kind of help you said for your husband and gave him some, some I guess, moments. yeah, I mean, and for your kids. So how did that change, change things for your kids in terms of home and school? I think, unfortunately, on, on one end, having both late diagnoses meant that they didn't have access to a lot of support services at a younger age, particularly with my daughter. Females generally go undiagnosed a lot longer. They're, they're able to camouflage a lot of their um, traits that people are looking for, more specifically find stereotypical in boys. Mm-hmm. For us, Jacob was very, it was very clear from a young age. And the same thing, we kind of already had accepted certain behaviors new, and, and knew in our hearts that um, he was showing signs. Uh, my daughter, on the other hand, was a little more had better ability to socialize and kind of blend in, if that makes sense. Sure. What do you want to say about you? Um, yeah, I got my diagnosis when I was 14. And prior to that, the past year, a few years going into that, I, I I'd kind of started to pick, uh, put things together and figured I was on the spectrum. But yeah, getting the diagnosis did really help with school and stuff yeah jacob um socially was always okay and um more than anything had a filter whereas our daughter didn't Mm. have that filter so to speak so it was always something we said to jake you know if you want an assessment at any point we can do that for you um but at that point because he was already 14 it was going to be up to him to decide if it was necessary or not Um, he had, you know, he was always successful in school and did very well. There were some shortfalls with friendships and relationship building, different kinds of kinds of activities and sports um, that you could see he was struggling with. But Definitely. It, but it really wasn't until he was in high school and recognized that having some additional support services available to him would be to his benefit. And it was. Um, and he was, yeah, able to excel a little bit easier, right. um, whether it be socially, academically. Yeah. Yeah. No, do you want to ask, uh, you have some questions for Jacob? So what was high school like for you, Jacob? Um, it, it was a big mix of experiences. Socially, it was hard for the most part. Uh, grade nine, I started to uh, get some friends together okay. and then I ended up moving and it was kind of like I had to start from scratch again and I never really went anywhere. My final year was my hardest year but in terms of classes it went over quite well. Yeah it was a overall I, I wouldn't want to do it again but I got through it and <laughs> it was all right. Yeah Jacob was quite happy when it was all over. 
<laughs> yeah, I can see that. Was that because of the the move your your last year in school, or if you had been in the same school for that last year, would you have thought differently about high school? I, I think I still would have wanted to get out, but not quite yeah. as I wouldn't have been as desperate to. Yeah. You know, having a friend or two could make all the difference in the world. Definitely. Right. Yeah. So I think for sure in his last year, he felt extremely lonely. Isolated, yeah. Isolated, you know. We, and he went to a different school that was like five times the population. Mm. Um, so he wasn't used to the amount of people. 2,000 kids, yeah. Yeah. How about your high school, Noah? Was it large? So, yeah, we had about 1,200 kids in three grades. Um, it was, I didn't really have trouble making friends. That wasn't really hard for me, but I never really had too many problems like with so, with like socializing with people and figuring things out because I just kind of realized early on, I have to jump in blindly for that stuff. Otherwise, I'm not going to go anywhere. So it was something that kind of paid off as well. And I'm still in contact with a lot of people now, even as they're off to college and all of that. And that was something I had to learn as well, especially with college, because no one knows anybody in college. So everyone's in the same boat. So yeah, I started college in January of this year. And I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. It was everybody was really on the same page. Nobody yeah. knew anybody yeah. at first. Yeah. What would you recommend Noah? How do you put yourself out there? Um, for me, I pers personally, I don't know if this really has to do with like putting myself out there, but I'm not a person who uses the autism card very often. It's something, it's fairly noticeable with me at this point in time. And it's just, yeah, I don't really do that. I tend to be like as normal in quotes have a person as I possibly can be, um, and kind of just go out and like talk to people. Um, it's hard, especially if you don't know anybody. And if you don't really do it that much, but I've done that for a very long time. I got involved with a lot of stuff. I was in choir, band, did theater for a few years, met a lot of great people that way. And then like in college, it's really like, I just met people in my dorm. Like, like I knew I was friends with about like two thirds of the people, like just in my hall, just like in my hallway, that sort of thing. It was pretty easy for that because everyone had that like one thing in common. We're around each other all the time. And all of that. So it's kind of just like finding like some common ground and then just going from there. Yeah, I've been finding college a lot easier in that regard. I think it also helps when everybody has a common interest there. Mm -hmm. yep. Because they're all there for the same reason for the most part. Yeah. What are you studying, Noah? Um, I am studying vocal performance. Oh, that's Ooh, awesome. That yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What about you, Jacob? What are you studying? Um, I'm in... 3D modeling and animation. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, yeah we, we were reading a little bit about um, Noah's interest in music, and Jacob has a huge love for music. Yeah. Maybe not singing so much. No, but guitar. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say to Noah, um, over the years band and choir were really helpful for him to yeah. um, connect with some people and um, and Jacob you sound like you've been in some different sports growing you know through your years Is, did that did you find that helpful kind of connecting with people uh, it depends on the sport I was never particularly good with 
team sports, but individual sports. Like I, I got really into archery a few years ago. And through that, I've met some of my, some people I got really close with. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that helped. Same goes for curling. But stuff like hockey and stuff wasn't really working for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I heard on another um, interview you did that you are into running now, long distance running. Is that right? Yes. And so are you, no? Yeah. I've, I've been running for quite a long time. So yeah, for me, it really helps. I actually like to go running um, just before lunch because it helps me. Um, I sit at my desk a lot and um, so I'm a computer software person and it helps me clear my mind, helps me think, it helps me kind of relieve just kind of refresh for the second part of the day. But that's why I like the running. What about you? Um, yeah, I find because uh, with my program at school, I'm on my computer for a long time every day. So I find in the evening, uh, hopping on the treadmill or whatever for half an hour, 40 minutes is yeah. really nice. Yeah. Just as a release. Yeah, I, I agree. No, what do you do to kind of relieve stress when you're at school um, or home? I'm a person who goes for walks. Um, I had a I had a pedometer on my phone, and I would be averaging like twenty thousand steps a day during like college or whatever because I would just like I would walk in the morning like nine a.m. or whatever, and then like nine at night for like half an hour, forty five minutes, just kind of like as a like so I can think and to like that's kind of like where I plan my day mentally is just like being outside, weather permitting of course, but it's something that I kind of just need to kind of just like wake myself up in a way and also just to make sure that like all the gears are turning some days, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're big walkers too, Noah. Yeah. We, uh, it's, our, it's my therapy, that's for sure. And yeah. uh, we always go for walks when we can't get a run in or before class or whenever we can, it just, yeah. I always say it's just my my brain medicine in that sense. I get to think about my day and strategize. Yeah. We have planned and think about what we need to do. So it's yeah, yeah it's an excellent way uh, yeah. to feel good. Yeah. I also use it as an excuse to get out of the house during like March and April when <laughs> everyone was home for and nothing was open. So like no one could get away from each other. So I was like, I'm just gonna go for like a four mile walk. I'll be back in like two hours. Uh, us too. <laughs> yeah. It's our escape. <laughs> yeah, it was very rare that Noah invited anyone along. Usually, he'd like to get, <laughs> likes to go by himself. Good yeah. for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my concerns with Noah going to college and being in the dorms was if he would be able to find that um, alone time to recharge. And I think he, you've had between the walking and some other things, you've you've mm-hmm. been able to yeah. adjust, right? Yeah, there's a lot of really good trails in Decorah, which is the town that I, which is the town where my college is. Like the whole state of Iowa is essentially just flat, but then Decorah is like all hilly and stuff. So there's like a lot of cool like places for like, I don't know, like mountain biking and stuff like that. Good trails. Like there's some days like, oh, I can't feel my legs after this because it's just good. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's a good release, isn't it? It is. Yeah. 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 So what do you guys find, um, so what are some of the biggest challenges you guys face as a family because of the autism diagnosis? Um, having peace. <laughs> Quiet time. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, it's, 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 it's interesting in the sense that when one, one individual may be calm and cool, there's always one that's just not necessarily feeling calm and cool. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's orchestrating a bit of, I don't know, putting the crazy together sometimes. I guess we're all, all over the place at different times. So it's handling different moods and needs, um, just like any other family, really. Um, it just always feels nonstop for us. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got, you know, two out of the four content, then the other two are usually mm. not content or needing something or wanting something. And that doesn't necessarily mean physical items. That can be just mental needs, mental emotions. Right. Um, if that makes any sense. Challenges. What else? Sibling rivalry. <laughs> but that's pretty typical i think at yeah times that's good and um do you guys have any trouble connecting with like like other families like finding other people to to get together with and is, is that a challenge for you guys uh we do because a lot of the time it doesn't work necessarily in the schedule as far as you know sometimes a day for my husband at work and the kids at school that's pretty much all that we can take in for that one day. Um, so I think we miss out on some opportunities to socialize. Yep. Extended family, parents, grandparents, all that, no problem whatsoever. We're all very close. So having them in, amongst our company is yeah, a lot they, easier than- They, they get us, they yeah, yeah, recognize, yeah. Yeah, a few selective good friends that get us, but it's just, yeah, we, we find ourselves more so as a family unit um, by ourselves, which we luckily we enjoy each other's company for the most part. So more or less, more or less. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's hard. It's hard for other people to really understand. Um, and I don't necessarily expect that from anyone else. Um, but that can make for lonely times, you know, when you just kind of want to be, but they don't necessarily understand, I guess, the obstacles or your strategies to make it successful. You know, you know, if someone comes up with a plan, say for my daughter, that includes going here, going there, doing this, doing that. Like I know she'll come home, um, she'll want to do it, but coming home from that, there'll be, there could be a negative response to too much activity or the yeah. expectations of her doing everything. I think that's the hardest thing I think with our family and amongst everybody else is meeting expectations of others. Right? Yeah. We learned a long time ago that we've got to look after our own and do what's best for us. But in that, in that regards, we do miss out on some things, but for the most part, um, it's what we know. It's our family, our family life, and um, we make the best of it. Yeah. It's very, I'd say we very similar to what, what you just described. Uh, we, we've gone places with two vehicles in case we need to have a getaway. We call it the getaway car yeah. in case like maybe Isaac wants to leave and everyone else still wants to hang out. Um, locally, that works fine. When you drive a couple hours away, that's not so great. Yeah. Um, but we found it's interesting. My wife and I were talking about like with the recent months when people are being forced to kind of hang out as a family unit. Um, we've been forced to do that for the last 18 years. Yeah. And, um, so people feeling isolated and not able to connect with others, that's, that's how we've felt for a long time. 
And it's because we, we have very strict schedules. We have things that our kids can't do or won't do, you know, when they were young or whatever. And so it, it does make it more of a challenge to have that social life with, with other adults and other families. And we end up, I think what we find is the people we see out in the community and that we know also have kids with disabilities because yeah. we, that's how we've been, we've gone to events and things. We've been able to connect that way. Um, so it's just, a, it's a different uh, experience. And there's a lot more acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. You just want your, your family to be present in others that um, are accepting of you in the way you are. Yeah. And that's hard, that's hard to find. So yeah, I can see that working. You have any thoughts, Noah, about all that? Yeah, I think that I, I agree completely on what you were saying from earlier with like everyone who's going to be isolated because of all this madness and everyone kind of freaking out about it, but we're just chilling because we've been through that a lot and it doesn't really phase us at this point, but yeah, I do think it is kind of strange still kind of to conceptualize the fact that my family as a family and probably your guys' family is like on our their own little island compared to everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. I totally feel that. Yeah. yeah. We're very, we're, we have a very structured home. Mm-hmm. And um, from what I can tell you, you do too, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, dinner's usually at a certain time. Yep. Every ritual in between is at the same time. Everything's routine. Um, yeah. And for some more than others, we need that. Um, yeah. For a, for a, a nice environment for all, right? Um, so we all have to kind of do our part to make sure those things happen because it means a better day. Yeah. We have, I, I would say two of my family members are really structured mm-hmm. in their ways. And a couple of us are a little more relaxed and go with the flow to make sure accommodations are made for them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's like that in your home, but you, you just do what you have to do to make everybody kind of happy. Right. So, you know, the saying goes, you know, what, happy husband, happy wife, happy child, happy mom, right? So we just try to keep things calm by planning ahead because we pretty much know what we need to do in order for that to happen. Do you have a lot of routines in your house? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so my, for the benefit of uh, our son Isaac, my wife creates a schedule every night for the next day. Yeah. And um, he's a good reader and stuff. So, you know, he can read it all. And if he doesn't like something, he'll put, he'll write no behind it. You know, it's kind of funny, but he really just absorbs the calendar and, and just knowing what's going on. And um, like Saturdays are sacred. We call it a sacred um, schedule day that we don't try to break at all because we go to the grocery store at a certain time. We go out for dinner at the same place at a certain time. And, you know, there's certain things on Saturday we don't want to um, rock the boat. We just want to go with the flow. Everybody's happy. That's great. Um, but other days that we can be a little bit more flexible. So there's things that are very rigid, like yeah. we, eat, we eat at the same time. Yeah. We start the mm-hmm. dishwasher at the same time. You know, like you can, you can predict exactly what's going to happen yep. <laughs> in our yeah. house. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, same thing for us. If we don't hold things together, the weekends can be a nightmare. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we tried to do our best all week to ensure for a relatively relaxing, enjoyable weekend. Yeah. Um, that's just, mm-hmm. that's just our usual. Yeah. Um, if something bad happens on Wednesday, it's usually carried over into into the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, so I think I think everybody can really hold it together through the week, whether it be school or work or what have you. But if there was any fails during the week, it's going to come out. And usually Friday night, I used to call it Friday night cry night or Friday night <laughs> fight night. Um, it was like this release that, oh yeah, of course, it's Friday after everybody got through their week and held it together. But that, that has gotten a lot better over the last few years. Yeah. But we're all at different places now in our lives. Yeah. We do a lot of catering to my daughter's needs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of gathering from what, from your, from the conversation. Yeah. We, and I would say our Isaac is, we pretty much catered to a lot of his needs as well. Yeah. Uh, his biggest thing is anxiety and yeah. um, it goes through the roof in certain situations. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's probably the same here actually, Chris. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. It's all based around anxiety. A lot of it. Yeah. We're really good at explaining and talking through our week at all times. If there's any changes or things we want to do or plans, we talk about it ahead of the game. In advance. Yeah. 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 As long as any, if, if anything's discussed in advance, we're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it can be the most amazing, exciting thing to do in the world. But if it's handed last minute, mm-hmm. it's, yep. it's not going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we write things like that down on the schedule, so he can kind of read ahead of, oh, this we're going to do this on this day, you know, and so he'll have time to think about it and kind of process it and yeah, get used to the idea of it. So. But it's interesting because Jacob, you need that. You need that I, I to need a certain that. degree. Yeah. 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 I think, I think a lot of us, I think we, I think a lot of people, everybody needs struct, some level of structure. And I think it's good for most people to kind of know what's coming up. I think people really like that. Um, but for some people, it's just, it just causes way more anxiety than other people. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. We'll pick up on this conversation in part two. And as always, thanks for listening.